All right, good morning, boys and girls. This is your Uncle Jimmy sitting here at the Rock and Roll Garage, stewing. Come on in and have a seat. Don't touch my tools, okay? Just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. What the fuck? Have a seat. When you're sitting comfortably, we'll begin. Now, I want to warn you, and I'm warning Eric, too. It's going to be a fucking nasty one. It's going to be a mean one. It's going to be an angry one. Because I want to tell you what happened to me this week where I work. We, I say we, as a company, we had to fire a service advisor. And this was not a bad thing at all. Because the service advisor who got fired was the most enormous piece of shit for a service advisor I have ever had the sorry privilege to encounter. Ever. This guy was a fucking tool. And a whole bunch of other fucking nasty adjectives that I can't think of right at the fucking moment. Look, let me explain to you what this guy's deal was. Apparently, at one point or another, he had been a technician. And in that sense, I'm like, okay, you know, you were a technician and you were a failure, so you became a service advisor. So you had a strike against you. And when he showed up, he played up the fact that he had been a technician. So he knew, he knew what it was like to be a technician. And he knew things that technicians should know, right? Wrong. He did not know shit. This was one of the fucking stupidest motherfuckers I've had to work with. And trust me, I have worked with a lot of dumb motherfuckers. And some of them I even like, you know, uh, seriously. Because if somebody doesn't know something, there's still the opportunity for them to learn. But this particular fucking dickwad did not partake of any of the opportunities to learn more or to become smarter or to become better. He fucking thought he fucking knew it all. And he didn't know shit. He didn't know shit. Guy was a fucking complete and utter fucking dipshit. Just a fucking blazing, blazing, fucking moron, okay? Now, if, if you can't tell that I'm worked up about this, then you're not listening hard enough. <laughs> I trust me, I know you're listening. I, I know you're listening and you're out there and you have to deal with the same sort of shit. And I feel for you completely and 100%. And I don't know what to do about this because, you know, as a technician, as the guy with the tools who fixes the fucking cars and does all the work and then doesn't get paid jack shit you're not in charge of anything other than what you do and that to me really honestly seems wrong it seems wrong because what a service advisor does has such a profound effect on what happens to you and your paycheck and the way you work and what you even work on okay it has a huge huge one more time folks huge effect on what you do and how you do it. And the powers that be, you know, the service manager and the general manager or maybe the owner of the building or the shop, they don't get it. They don't get it because uh, they don't see, they can't see, they, they aren't in touch with what these fucking jackwads are doing or rather in a lot of cases, not fucking doing. And when you point it out to them, they just shake their head and go, oh, oh well, <laughs> what can we do about that? What can we do about that? You Well, what you could do is you could grab a hold of your neck, 
okay, really, really tight, and give a great big fucking pull, okay? And what you want to hear is a, and then a, and that should be the sound of your fucking head coming out of your ass, because the service advisor is a pivotal, important, very, very important position in a service shop, in a, in a mechanic shop, in a repair shop. It's the, it's, it's the point of sale. Okay, and now if you've ever worked in retail like I have, uh, or if you've ever worked with somebody who's worked in retail, or you've ever gone to the fucking store, for Christ's sakes, the point of sale is, well, quite frankly, where the fucking sale is transacted. At a supermarket or a grocery store, the point of sale is the cash register. That's where the sale is made, okay? You go in, you know what you want, you, you put it in a car, you bring it up to the register, and you fucking buy it. That's the point of sale, okay? Pretty simple to understand. And lots of companies fight, and I mean fight dearly, tooth and nail, for their fucking products to be right there at the point of sale. Right there. You know, the candy bar companies, the gum companies, all that shit's right there at the point of sale. And a lot of times, you and I, we just gonna reach up, and you know, for me, for me, honestly, it's the payday bar, baby, okay, because chocolate's not good to me. I love chocolate, but it's not good to me, so I go for the payday bar. doesn't seem to affect my complexion. Point of sale-wise, I grab a payday, boom, I'm buying that motherfucker. It's right there. Okay, I'm good with it, you know, and then I get peanuts all over my truck, and I have to vacuum it out twice a week, whatever. But the service advisor at your shop, his desk, the computer he works at, the chair he sits in, the fucking smirk on his fucking face, the fucking things he thinks he knows, the things he doesn't know, those are all the point of sale. All of those things are right there at the point of sale. And if they cannot accurately or profitably perform at the point of sale, then they're fucking worthless. And if they can't perform at the point of sale, you need to recognize that somehow or another as their boss, as a service manager, as a shop owner, you need to recognize that these fucking cocksuckers aren't doing the fucking job. Now, I've, I've gone on and on and on and on and one more time on about service advisors. I have because they have a humongous and direct effect on how much money I bring home each week. And there is nothing that drives me crazier because when somebody else is in charge of how much money I earn and they don't want to fucking do their goddamn job, I am literally, literally trying to figure out how to murder them and get away with it because they affected the amount of money I earned that fucking much. Seriously, if you're part of the mob and you have a guy who doesn't do his job, the likes of which some of the service advisors that I've had, they take you out and put a bullet in your head. They put a bullet in your fucking head, they leave the gun there, and they take the fucking cannolis. Okay, seriously, this particular service advisor that I had, had, had is the key word in that sentence. The service advisor that I had who got fired this last week was so fucking horrible at his job and yet, if you were to ask him, if you were to meet him on the street and you knew who he was and you knew his name and you said to him, say, why did you get fired? Well, first off, he would stutter and, and lisp and spit all over you and say, it's because they don't want me to do the right thing. 
It's always, to him, it was always somebody else's fault. This guy had so many faults, so many fucking problems, so many reasons why he was terrible at his job, and yet he thought he was great at his job, but he was not. He was not, and when I tell you what he did, you're all gonna realize that he was not good at his job. I can't tell you how many times, and uh, what happened for me was, my team leader and I had kind of uh, done the best job we could to try to get rid of him. And we had him really close to quitting at one point in time. And then some customers left comments on a website, a review uh, review site f- that said that he was, oh, he was great. He was great. When, when uh, I don't, I, th- I think maybe they might've been authored by people he knows because I don't think any customer would say anything nice about this guy because he was he was just a fucking ugh. first off and like I said before he came in he was a technician so he had been a technician so he was a failure at that okay he wasn't any good at doing any of the things that we do so naturally he decides he's going to be a service advisor because frankly it's a physically easier job and mentally it's it's not that tough mentally either okay the problem with being a service advisor is you have to talk to customers and, and that can suck. It doesn't always suck, okay? It does not always suck. We've, uh, if you've been doing this for more than a year or so, you've probably talked to at least one or two customers. And, and sometimes the customers are cool. You talk to them, they understand what you're talking about. They realize that there's intelligence in your eyeballs and that you bring that intelligence to bear when you're working on their car and they're cool with it. They're cool with it. And there's other people, other customers who of course are fucking assholes who are trying to figure out who to blame for the car being fucking broken. And then on top of that, they're trying to figure out how to get out of paying for the repairs to their car. And those people need to go somewhere fucking else. Take your shit and get the fuck out of here. Disappear. Get out of my face. That's how it works, okay? We don't we don't want you. If you don't want to pay for our expertise, if you don't see the value of what we do for you, go fucking somewhere fucking else. And what I like to say all the time, because I work with some really, really fine individuals. I have a, a what I consider to be a really good crew. Uh, some of them are young, and there's there's going to be mistakes made when you're young. Part of the fucking plan, baby. You want to make an omelet, you got to crack some fucking eggs, baby. Make mistakes, learn from them. We're okay with that, okay? That's the way that works, seriously. We have some uh, veterans. We have some guys with lots of experience, guys who are smart. We also have some new guys. Uh, most of those guys are really smart. Uh, and they want to do the job, and so we're out there. We're out there getting it done, and we bring value. We bring a lot of value to our shop, a lot of value. But I could not, I could not convey the value of what we do to this fucking dickhead service advisor of ours. I could not impress upon this guy the sheer value of what we do and how good we are at it. He was just oblivious to it. And he, in his mind, and it became apparent to everybody else at one point, but it was apparent to us right away that he felt like we charged too much and the hours that we wanted to do the repairs to the cars were too much. He felt like we made too much money as technicians. And I'm telling you right now that if any service advisor ever said to me out loud in English where I could hear it and understand it, that they thought that we as technicians make too much money, I would beat the fucking living fucking shit out of that stupid cocksucker. Because here's a guy as a service advisor, and I'll say this straight out, okay? It's a terrible job. However, 
the opportunity is there for them to make an extraordinary salary. And really the education, the educational needs of the job, okay? The educational needs of the people who do that job are at a fucking bare minimum. You need skills that they can't teach in school and even if they could, they wouldn't. It's really basically a salesman's job. And when you're a salesman, you need to have people like you. And if so, if you have charisma and you have intelligence and maybe you're good looking even, okay? That helps, every little bit helps. It helps people like you. And then if they like you, they can trust you. That was one of the fucking problems with this fucking piece of shit. Number one, he was ugly. Number two, he talked so fast sometimes you couldn't understand a fucking word he said. And then when he talked, he had a lisp and he stuttered. He looked like his fucking face had caught on fire and his mother had put it out with a fork. He was a terrible looking human being. And, and on top of all that, okay, because you could still do the job. You could still overcome your own fucking shortcomings. If you can't really speak the language very well or if you stutter or you fucking have a lisp or you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about, you could still overcome that, okay? You could overcome that and still be decent at your job. But when you think you're smart and you are fucking not smart, you almost really can't overcome that because you're gonna get into situations where your brain's not gonna be able to know the answer or it's not gonna be able to formulate a good response and then suddenly you're a lying piece of shit and nobody wants to trust you. He felt like he was smarter than everybody and on top of that as well, he was trying to look out for the customer's financial situations. And in many cases, what he would do is he would not even attempt, and this is, this is a shortcoming that he had that caused me to want to murder him. He would not attempt in any way, shape, or form to sell the services that we recommended. He would not even make an attempt, you know? And part of the problem with that is, now I understand that, now now you need to know something about me. I, when I do a multi-point inspection on a car, I will always put down everything I feel like the car needs. And a lot of the service advisors that I work with hate that. They hate that because then they have to explain to the customer why a technician would uh, say to them, oh, you need an air filter. Because what they'll do is they'll put themselves outside of the salesperson's job, okay? They'll put themselves outside of their job and go, well, this guy always recommends air filters, but you don't really need one. Well, guess what? We live in a real, where I'm living right now, we, it's a real desert-like atmosphere, okay? Believe me, I come from a state where it rains a lot, shit grows, it's green, okay? Where I'm living now, it's dusty and the vegetation is all dead because it's like 95 degrees every fucking day. That means there's a lot of fucking dirt in the air, a lot of dirt in the air. And I see it when I pull an air filter out and I hit it on the ground, I have a fucking sandbox in my bay. So if I recommend a filter for a car that's gone 50,000 miles without having it changed, then you can be rest, you can rest assured that it really probably fucking needs one because God damn it, your fucking car can't blow its nose. How many times do you blow your nose at 50,000 miles for Christ's sakes? Anyway, so I make huge lists of, of things, of services that people should perform on their cars. And a lot of the service advisors don't want to sell it. They don't want to. They don't want to go and and take five minutes to say, listen, here, you know, your your wiper blades don't work very well. We'd like to replace those. Your air filters 
dirty. It's been in there 50,000 miles. We want to replace that. I mean, these are all things that a service advisor should be saying to a customer. Uh, you know, you haven't had the oil changed in quite a while. We would like to do that to keep your car running peak. Boom. You know, lots of service advisors will do that and they'll do it with a tone of voice like oh, you don't really got to do this, but but not this fucking guy. No, not this fucking piece of shit who was working for us. No, he just was he didn't say anything to anybody. He didn't say anything to anybody about any of the things that we thought that they should have on their car. Nothing. Not one fucking thing. Somebody would come up and say, hey, is my car ready? Oh, yeah, here you go. Here's your keys. Bye-bye. Not, oh, you know what? Your tires have cords showing, and it's really unsafe for you to drive your car, and we would really like to put a set of tires on it so that you're, you're safe. No, he's not going to do that. I can't tell you how many times I looked at cars that had very, very serious, serious problems. Very serious. Some of them serious for the engine, uh, you know, the continuation of, of the engine performance or serious as into safety, such as brakes or tires, or maybe just something that uh, that's that was completely fucking broken. He would just be like, eh, nah, I'm not going to tell him about that. And I knew early on that he was doing that. I knew that he was doing that because I would put through stuff and I would send him dozens of messages. You can't let this guy take this car. You can't let this guy drive this car. Don't let this guy drive this car. You need to sell these parts. You need to sell these tires. You need to sell them brakes. He needs them. He needs them. He needs them. He needs them. And then he would come back and he would give me some fucking excuse. And I could tell by the look in his fucking sunken eyeballs that he didn't even fucking tell the guy anything at all. He goes, oh, the guy said he doesn't have any money because of the COVID-19. And I'm like, you didn't fucking say one goddamn word to him, you fucking lying sack of shit. He wouldn't sell anything. So here you got a guy who thinks he's smart and he's not. Here you got a guy who's not going to tell anybody anything. Here you got a guy who's not going to sell anything. And one of the reasons he didn't sell anything, and this was wrong on so many fucking levels, boys and girls. This was, this was something that was just so fucking wrong that if I'd ever heard him do it, I would fucking gouge his eyeballs out. I was so fucking mad when he would do this. People would pull into our drive-on and maybe their car wasn't perfect, okay? Maybe their car had a dent. Maybe it had a broken windshield. Maybe it had some mismatched tires or the rims were dirty. Or maybe the car was just dirty even, okay? And then the guy or the girl gets out of the car and maybe they're dressed like hippies or maybe they're dressed like panhandlers or maybe they're just wearing flip-flops and shorts and a t-shirt or whatever they're wearing and this fucking stupid fucking piece of shit would make a judgment call and say oh this guy doesn't have any money so I'm not going to bother trying to sell him anything now and my my side of the story was that you know what I'm sure that Jeff Bezos likes to slum it sometimes okay so here's a guy who's worth billions of fucking dollars wearing shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops and maybe he's bringing in I don't know, his daughter's car. Maybe he's bringing in a friend's car, doing him a favor. Or maybe he's just got a fucking car he beats around town and and he brings it in for service. And guess what? He looks like he doesn't have any money. So here you are, Mr. Stupid Fuck Service Advisor, and you go, well, this guy doesn't have any money. No, you're right. This guy doesn't have any money. He has all the fucking money. And we're not going to get any of it because you are a stupid, lazy fucking piece of fucking shit. Now, folks, my anger towards this fucking guy almost never went away because he was constantly, constantly pulling shit that he should, he was constantly doing shit that he should not be doing, constantly. And he worked for our place for about seven months and it's about six months longer than he should have worked for us, 
But here's what put him over the edge, boys and girls. Here, here is what put him over the edge. All that stuff aside, you know, I mean, they could look at his fucking sales figures and see that he doesn't sell shit. They could read some of the emails from people who said, oh, this guy just assumed I didn't have any money, which happened because I saw those emails. So he's making the judgment call. I know he's doing that. I knew he was doing that even before I saw the email. And the email was just confirmation that he actually was doing it. He'd go, oh, this guy doesn't have any money. Uh-uh. No, folks, this guy was so wrong for the job. This guy, and I don't, I can't even, because I, I unfortunately had to get to know him somewhat. And he was a pathetic human being on top of everything else. He was just a pathetic useless piece of shit as a human fucking being he he I, and i believe honestly to tell you the god's honest truth i believe that he was illiterate because i saw his handwriting and his handwriting was the same as other illiterate people that i had run into and occurred and and had the uh pleasure or unfortunate pleasure of dealing with no he wrote like he was an illiterate human being and uh he thought like an illiterate human being and he talked like one too and uh really i, I I can't even tell you how much, how angry it used to make me to, to see him at work every day. And then one day, and we have, what we have is we have a, a program that we're used to communicate between the technicians and the uh, service advisors. We have a program. And one of the things that it does, and this is kind of cool, although it can be bad. Uh, one of the things it does is it records the phone calls between the customer and the service advisor. And not just this guy, okay? I've heard some of the other phone calls with other some of the other service advisors. And I'm gonna tell you, I have never heard science fiction before like I have heard listening to some of these phone calls. Some of the shit that these fucking people say to customers is some of the most outrageous, unbelievable lies, half-truths, fallacies, fantasies, science fiction, just completely and absolutely wrong. It 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 is stunning, the shit you hear. So honestly, I try to avoid listening to them because it, I, I, I just fucking cannot believe some of the shit that our advisors say to our customers. And it really, uh, honestly, doesn't surprise me that they don't really sell all that much because they're, they're not selling that much stuff. We, we had it pointed out to us at one time that over, uh, honestly, over like a three-month period that they failed to sell a million dollars worth of recommended work. And I did a little math and realized that was about $20,000 per technician that we were not going to get because they failed to sell. And, and if they only even sold half of that, okay, 50%, which I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't feel like selling 50% is a bad thing or even a good thing. It's just kind of middle of the road. It's like, look, you know, I, I can say that you are successful at doing your job if you're a service advisor and you sell 50% of the work that's recommended. Because I understand we have a pandemic going on and people don't have a lot of money and some people don't even have fucking jobs, okay? I understand that. But these are their cars. They're their they're cars, not our cars. They're their cars. And we are the professionals. We bring value to the situation. We tell them what they need to make have their cars keep functioning. And all you have to do in many, 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 many cases is just say, this is what you need. 
You want us to go ahead and do it? That's all you got to say. Ask them for the sale. Ask them for the sale. Every goddamn salesman in the fucking world will tell you, listen, don't fuck around. Don't beat around the bush. Don't be passive aggressive. Go in there and say, listen, your oil pan is leaking. Do you want us to repair it? We're going to go ahead and repair it. You, you okay with that? You have to ask for the fucking sale. That's it. End of sentence. Okay. That's me breaking down a sale, a service advisor's or a sales advisor really is what they should be called a service advisor's job in like literally 10 seconds, five seconds, whatever. Okay. Ask for the fucking sale. If you don't ever ask, you're never going to get a sale. And that's what this fucking prick was doing. But the fucking final straw that broke the camel's back was that he was on the phone with a customer and they didn't want to pay for breaks. They needed a breaks and he they didn't want to pay for them and they thought they were too expensive and maybe they maybe they were expensive. But instead of expunging the value of OEM brakes and and a factory trained technician putting brakes on their car, he started telling this customer where else they could go to get them fucking done. Long pause folks because that is God's honest truth. I heard it with my own ears, okay? Now I know I know that he's been doing that for the six, seven months that he was there already. I know he's been doing that because he's a stupid motherfucker. He's, he was just stupid. And I know he was doing that. And this was just converse, this was just confirmation that he was doing that. Confirmation that he was fucking taking our work and selling it to somebody else. Well, you know, you could go to this shop down the street and they could do your breaks for you a lot cheaper. And then there's another shop. He, he didn't list one shop. He listed like three or four fucking shops where this lady could take her fucking car and get the brakes fucking done cheaper than we do them. But nobody's listening to a technician. Nobody, you know, when a technician says, oh, this guy, this guy can't sell nothing. Why don't you get rid of him? Well, well, we kind of need him. Uh, there's nobody else out there. Uh. Well, even if you had nobody answering the phone, it would certainly fucking be a lot fucking better than having this fucking pile of garbage piece of shit fuckwad answering the phone and telling people to just go somewhere else because we're too expensive we're too it, it, it's why is it so much why is it so much here's the answer folks here's why it's so much we're going to use parts that were designed specifically for your car and we're going to have them put on by people who are specifically trained to put those specific parts on your specific car we're going to take your car and bring it back to factory brand new performance with factory brand new parts put on by factory trained technicians. Can you think of a better value than that? No. Oh, well, I'll just go down the street and they can put some AutoZone brakes on it. And when they squeak and squeal and wear out real fucking fast, then I can go, how oh, come my brakes work And I don't even want to fucking hear their fucking complaints. Fuck them. You know what? If you take your fucking shit somewhere else and they fuck it up or they put on cheap fucking parts and they don't fucking work and then you bring it to me, I feel like going in and going, hey, you know what? We fucking told you so, you motherfucker. You want to put shit parts on your fucking car and then bring it back to me and complain about how they don't fucking work? I could have fucking saved you all that fucking trouble the last time you were here. And I told you that this was bad or that was bad. Oh, I could have fucking saved you all that fucking trouble. You stupid, cheap-ass motherfucker. God damn it! Ugh. I'm, st I'm, I'm telling you, I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I've, I really haven't ever been worked up this much. This guy was a piece of shit. Nobody was listening to us when we told him he was a piece of shit. Nobody was going to do anything about this piece of shit. This piece of shit needed to go. And finally, 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 somebody pulled their head out of their ass and got rid of him. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, literally anybody, anybody, 
anybody else would have been better at that job. I fucking totally mean it. I mean, I could do the job better than that guy did. Uh, a car porter could have done a job, done his job better than he did. He was he was the absolute. Let me let me just put it this to you this way. He was the absolute worst case scenario. He was. I mean, the way I look at it, with what he thought and what he did, and the way he did his job was probably the worst I have ever seen. He was so. He was so wrong for the job. I've never, I've never actually worked with somebody who was so wrong for the job, and yet somehow or another thought that he was great at it. It, it kills me. It fucking murders me. For all the world, we tried to point it out. We tried to say to people, oh, this guy is not doing the fucking job. This guy is not doing the job. He doesn't do the job. Can you just look at his look at his fucking analytics and say, this guy's not doing it. You just get rid of him. Just fire him. Just get rid of him. Just get rid of him. Just get rid of him. And he had to do something so completely egregious that they finally fired him. It's like, what the fuck took you so long? It, it speaks to, to me, honestly, and we, we've had enough people in management anyway, so that you really can't blame it on one person or another. And the situation that it, that it created and the situation that occurred, that it just speaks of incompetence all the way up the line. We tried to tell people, no, they're not listening. They're not listening. They're not going to listen. They're not going to do anything you, you ask them to do. They're not going to do anything you want them to do. And they're going to search around for the answers when the answers are right there. All you got to do is ask me. Ask the guys I work with. Everybody who worked with that fucking piece of shit would have told you, he doesn't sell shit. He doesn't sell shit. And yet, he, yeah, I got comparable numbers. No, you don't. Comparable numbers to these other fucking people? No. They, they're not selling anything either. But at least they're trying. I'm telling you, I, I have a problem with high blood pressure. I take a medicine for it. But this, this, whole, this whole ordeal with this fucking piece of shit has really caused me a lot of aggravation. What would you even call it, really? I think you could call it commercial sabotage. Really, honestly, because he sabotaged our business. I don't think he did it uh, knowingly because he didn't really know anything anyway. He was just stupid, and it sabotaged our business. It sabotaged my paycheck. It sabotaged my earning a living. It sabotaged my career. It has sabotaged the success of the people I work for. He sabotaged it through his own stupidity and laziness. And he believes that we fired him because he's too good at his job or because uh, we are just greedy bastards and he didn't sell enough. Or he's making up, he's probably sitting at home right now. And if his wife isn't beating his ass, which apparently she did on a regular basis, then he's probably trying to formulate what he's going to tell future employers about why he's not where we are now. Well, they they have this, they do this and they do that, and I didn't want to do anything about that with that anymore. And I don't, you know, it's, I'm sure that he's come up with some sort of horseshit excuse for why he got fired, which is, of course, not the fucking truth, okay? Because he's not going to be able to roll into a place and get a job saying, well, I told a lot of the customers that they need to go somewhere else to save money. I think that if there's anyone out there in management, as a service manager, as a general manager, or as an owner, and they're listening, to this and trying to get a handle on what's going on with this excruciating tech shortage that maybe they're listening to this podcast to try to find an answer. Well, here is one of the fucking answers right here. 
okay? If you're in management and you're listening to this, if you're in a position to hire and fire service advisors, do this. Find a customer, find a customer who has a lot of things wrong with their car, or maybe just a few things wrong with their car, and offer them a discount to relay to you the story of how the service advisor handled them, okay? Have them come in, have the service advisor write them up for whatever they have, whether they have a problem with the car or maybe they just want maintenance, okay? And then have the technician create his multi-point inspection or whatever it is, and then from there, see what the service advisor does. Because one of the other problems I have with the service advisors as they get hired and as they figure out what's going on is when you have a good one, when you have someone who's showing some promise, maybe just just a glimmer of promise even, or you have someone who's really good at it. And for some reason or another, management feels like, well, we don't really need to pay him. He has a job and he wants to work here and he's gonna continue to work here no matter how much money he's probably fucking losing working for us. Look, when you have a service advisor who does the job and we all, I would like to think, and I hope that this is true for all of you out there, that you all either have or have had a really excellent service advisor, one who understood what you were trying to say in a job story or in perhaps an estimate, one that understood what the customer wanted to get done to their car and what they didn't want to get done to their car and could perhaps maybe even talk them into getting something done that they should get done but didn't want to. Uh, there's a lot of different things that go on with being a good service advisor. But when somebody has all of the components in place or most of the components in place and they do the job very effectively, very well, and are very conscientious, they need to get paid. They need to get paid because these people are few and far between. There aren't a lot of these people out there. It requires, I've said it a thousand times, I'm gonna keep saying it, it requires a special charisma, it re requires a special attitude. You need to be able to fake sincerity, and I'm not shitting when I say that, it sounds wrong. But it's true, you gotta be able to fake it. It's like when somebody says to me, oh, my dog died, you have to be able to go, you have to be able to fight the urge to say, I don't give a fuck, and go, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know what I mean? That's, what, <laughs> that's the fake sincerity of it, you know? They need to be able to do that. They need to be able to speak intelligently. Oh, God damn it. And you think, oh, lots of people can speak intelligently. Yeah, but lots of people don't have a job as a service advisor. Some of these, some of the service advisors I've seen out there couldn't speak intelligently. So if you have, and, and if you're a technician, I know that this is always going to be, it's always going to be a complaint or a wish or a desire that falls on deaf ears. But if you have a good service advisor, someone who knows how to do the job, someone who can do the job, someone that when they do the job, you make good fucking money. The shop makes good money. They need to come down off of some of that money and give it to the service advisor to hopefully continue his employment at your place of work. And hopefully so they will know that they're valuable and that you appreciate them and that everybody appreciates them and that they can afford the lifestyle that they want because obviously they've worked hard for it. Believe me when I tell you, being a service advisor and having a service advisor's job is definitely a tough job. And if you get somebody who can do it, and I, I've seen so many people attempt to do it and attempt to do it and do it so badly that I have come to the conclusion that it's as rare as finding a, a, a hope diamond uh, or a, a, a Fabergé egg, it's just a jewel, 
really, literally, if you have a good service advisor and the customers like him and or her, for that matter, and they get the job done and they sell a very large amount of the recommended services or at least a reasonable amount of the recommended services, you got to hang on to these people. If they say they want a race, don't fuck around and go, oh, 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 we can't really give you a race. No, fucking find a way to give them a fucking raise. Obviously, they're generating revenue. Pull your head out of your ass. Grab yourself by the neck, okay? Pops, okay? Fucking get them paid, for Christ's sakes. Don't let them get away because they're going to go somewhere else and they're going to excel there too. And the technicians there are going to love them. And the people who own the building are going to be like, wow, look at this guy. Oh, holy shit. How come that other place that he was working at didn't keep him? Why didn't they step up and pay him? Because they're fucking stupid. That's why. Now, here's another thing that I believe can help with the problem uh, if, if, if you're interested. Um, obviously, if you're a technician, you, you're not going to have anything to do with this. This is something that goes out to anybody who's in charge and listening, such as a manager, general manager, service manager, owner. Uh, I believe that if you, and, and some of these dealership groups are fucking huge, huge. Auto Nation and that sort of shit, uh, Penske, Hendrick, all of these places, they're fucking huge. They have lots and lots and lots of dealerships, lots of them, hundreds even, okay? And then there's some that are even smaller. But I believe that what they should do, and this is just a suggestion, obviously, I'm just a technician. I don't know a fucking thing, Christ almighty, right? Uh, what I believe that they should do is when they have a candidate for a service advisor's job, what they should do is they, this is how they should handle it. This is how they should do it. This is how they could enjoy success. This is the formula. And there may be problems with it, but at least as far as I can see, there really isn't too many problems with it. Okay, number one, when you hire a, a service advisor, when you hire somebody you want to, to do this job, number one, they have to know, I say, rudimentary things about a car. They don't have to know exactly how it works. They don't have to know exactly about anything, really, quite frankly, okay? But they should have a general idea how it works. All right, number two, what you do is you hire them and you tell them, okay, you're gonna be hired here and you're gonna work here in the dealership for a month as like a car porter or as an assistant or as a, a service advisor's assistant. And what you do is you do some of the menial, stupid tasks that the service advisor really finds excruciating and eats into their day and causes them to not be productive and not sell stuff, okay? You're gonna be doing that stuff for a month, one month, 30 fucking days, okay? Then what happens from there is they make a decision based on your work ethic, whether or not you show up on time, whether or not you leave on time, whether or not you're willing to do the things that they need to have you do to be a service advisor, okay? That's one of the things that they have to gauge. They have to say, okay, is this guy service advisor material? After a month, I, I honestly think it should be fucking obvious. I mean, the, the fucking guy that we just had get fired because he was telling people to go to other shops, he would not have passed this test and we would have been rid of him long ago. But instead, we had to spend six months figuring out that he was a stupid fucking dickwad of a fucking jack off. I can't, I can't even think of the perfect fucking insult for this guy because he just, they all fit. They all fit and they all fit well, but there's not one single insult for this piece of shit that fits perfectly. I think maybe just a combination of all of them. So anyway, to get back on point here, what I want to say is that if you have a need for service advisors, and I think everybody does, because there's not a lot of people out there doing the job, and there's a lot of people out there who are doing the job that are fucking worthless. So what you want to do is you spend a month figuring out if the guy's worth investing 
training in, the guy or the girl. It could be a girl, okay? And I think girls actually have an advantage because other girls will think that they're not trying to rip them off because they are girls. And, and it, you, you might laugh. You might laugh at that, okay? But that's, that's just the truth. Uh, I've told the story before where my mother trusted a, a service advisor at the Oldsmobile dealer where she used to get her Cutlass Sierra uh, serviced. And uh, this woman really wasn't all that spectacular in my eyeballs. But uh, I didn't deal with her as much as my mother did. My mother loved her. And it was because she was a girl, and that was really it, okay? So uh, not having a penis is sometimes a very good thing for a service advisor. But then after they spend this month and you have decided that this person is worth the investment to make them into a good service advisor, you have some sort of a school, a class. And it can't be just like a couple of fucking days, folks. It can't be a couple of days. I would say, honestly, it should be at the very least three months and, and optimally it should be six months. And what you do is you take several service advisors that are doing the job and doing the job well at certain dealerships around your dealership group and you put them together and you come up with a curriculum and how to train them. The things that they need to know, the things that they need to say, the things that they need to be aware of, okay? And I, I don't think that this is bullshit at all, okay? Because if you spend six months learning how to do something, you should know how to do it. Even if you don't want to do it, you're at least going to learn how to do it. And then if they give you the situations, let's say, let's say a customer comes in and they, and they just claim that you're trying to rip them off and all this stuff. And you've been to a training course where they have taught you how to turn this person around, this particular attitude around. You certainly have the ammunition to turn it around. You could say to this customer, you know, he says, well, you're just trying to rip me off. I go, well, well sir, I mean, we're here and we exist for a specific reason you pulled in our driveway so uh, are we trying to rip you off i don't think so uh, you've brought us a car that has a problem we've diagnosed and pointed out what that problem is to you we told you how much it costs to repair it if you don't want to do it that's fine but the name calling is not really going to help you get a lower uh, a lower cost of repair if you wanted a lower cost repair, you could go to one of the cheaper shops in town, which is why this guy got fired, okay, but that's, that's not the point. So you could go to one of these cheaper shops in town and get, a, get a, a, a cheaper repair with cheaper parts and spend less money, but is it gonna be a good quality repair? I don't think so. No, you want a good value for your money, you're in the right place. If you think we're ripping you off, you, it's fine. You can go right now. You're going to have to pay me for the diagnosis we did, and then you can go somewhere else and let them fuck your car up, okay? And obviously, if you've been trained in a particular situation as far as what you need to say or at least the attitude that you need to carry, then you're going to be way ahead of the game, okay? But the problem is, is that when a lot of people become a service advisor, they're just, they're just their eyes glaze over when they find out that they can make all kinds of money doing the job. But then when they realize that the job is really, 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 really fucking hard, then they don't want to do it no matter how much fucking money you want to pay them. And then what happens is, you know, maybe you get a guy like this fucking asshole who was working for us who just says, well, you should just take the car somewhere else because it's going to be cheaper. You know, never mind the value of the technicians, never mind the value of OEM parts, never mind any of that, never mind any of that shit. Fuck them. That's what I believe anyway. I believe that you, if you have a need for these people and you have some of these people that don't really know how to do the job and, and, and have shown interest in doing the job, that you're wasting human, actual human resources, not human resources, the department, but human resources as far as the uh, resources of a human, 
okay, as they are available to you. Because I know a lot of people have attempted to do the job and have been just basically thrown into the deep end of the pool when they don't know how to swim and told to either sink or swim. And in many cases, they just sink. And this is the problem. This is the problem. Everybody thinks that everybody should know how to do this job when they show up and they don't. You need to train them. And I think the more training, the better. And if you do train people, if you do decide that you have an employee that you want to train to be a service advisor, I think possibly what you should do, write up a contract says you're going to work for the, work for us for two years and we'll, we'll give you training that's worth X amount of dollars for free. And then when you get back out in the field, then you'll be much, much more well-equipped to earn the six-digit salary that we have told you you can earn. You're not gonna earn that right off the bat. You're not gonna earn that right off the bat, but you're gonna be on the front lines and you're gonna have all of the training you need. And guess what? You have a much, much better chance of succeeding because the, the, the training is gonna show you all of the scenarios that you could get into that are gonna cause you frustration. And if you know what to do, then the frustration level goes way the fuck down, way down. This is why everybody practices at everything. This is why football players practice. This is why baseball players practice. This is why musicians practice. This is why comedians and actors and actresses practice. This is why firemen and policemen train and practice. This is why everybody practices because when somebody rolls in and they start telling you shit that you don't really want to hear and they're accusing you of this, that, and the other thing and you've been trained, you can say to them, hey, you know what? That's fine if you feel that way. But the truth is we're not here to rip you off. We're here to fix your car. And if you feel like that's a rip off, then you need to go. If you're trained to deal with that situation, and maybe you, you can even be trained to turn that situation around. Say, if you feel like it's a rip off to have factory technicians put on factory parts and make your car perform like factory new, then please, by all means, exit the facility. And uh, one last note before I sign off because uh, I gotta get out of here. If you're listening to this and you're in management, try to heed the warnings of your technicians. They create the labor, but it's up to your service advisors to sell it. If they do not sell it, that is money that you do not make. That is money that does not go to the bottom line. That is not money that, that is going to help you either make a profit or make a loss or have or suffer a loss. Okay, it's not, let me try that again, Eric. It is money that is not, it is money that is not going to increase your bottom line if you hire a guy who can't do the job then you are basically fucking yourself so you need to spend a little more time finding out if the guy is the right guy for the job i have seen a million service advisors who are just so wrong for the job wrong <sighs> deep breath I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to enjoy going to work now again because I have better service advisors in the building. How's that not possible now that this guy's gone? Until then, until next week, uh, keep your chin up. We're going to try to help you with your problems. And uh, you know what? If you got comments on this particular issue, if you have a, a shitty, shitty service advisor, let me know what's going on with them. On the Facebook page, we're always kind of keeping keeping an eye on that and responding to comments on there. And, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, give you a little shout out if you want, that'll help if that helps, you know, I mean, if that makes you feel more important, more wanted, better, we can certainly do that. That's what we're here for. Okay. All right. Listen, until then, this is your uncle Jimmy. I'm going to sign off now. And when I do sign off, what I usually do is do this. See ya. <laughs>